Hello everyone, welcome back to an all new Process Mining Cafe. Uh, our topic today is strategy and execution. And often we see that there's yeah, quite a divide between these two worlds. There's people who are really working on the strategy level, um, defining strategies for the organization, finding ways to implement them. And then there's people who are executing, who, for example, perform the process mining analysis. And yeah, often these are not the same people and there's um, quite a gap between them. And so to um, yeah, discuss approaches about how we can bridge this gap, uh, specifically in the context of process mining. I'm here today uh, with our very own Rudy Nix. Um, welcome, Rudy. Hi, everyone. And we also have a guest, uh, and our guest today is Bogdan Chungu, uh, who's a business Hello. expert manager at JTI. Hi, Bogdan. Hi, thanks for having me. We are very happy to have you as a guest because, in, in fact, you're the perfect guest for this Prosmaning Cafe, for this particular topic, because as a business expert manager, you're sitting comfortably, I would say, between these two worlds. So can you maybe introduce yourself a little bit and explain how you sit between these two worlds? I think comfortably is a bit optimistic way of saying it. Um, but yes, I'm... I'm taking this position since over a year now uh, here in JTI. I've been working many other positions before, um, but I'm now fortunate enough to sit and watch both sides of the fence, which uh, practically on one side is a blessing because I do understand exactly which are the pain points and which are the needs of my colleagues and having this satellite view also enables me to like formulate um, a, a more educated judgment on whatever um, the problem is and come up with a better solution than otherwise looking at just the tiny little pieces. And on the other hand, it's not exactly always a blessing because I also need to be very careful not to become the bottleneck in the process. It's very easy when you know you have um, multiple projects flowing around you in a matrix like type of a setup where everybody needs a piece of you every day. So in a nutshell, um, I'm fortunate enough to work in this, uh, we call it BTS, AI Business Technology Solutions Department, um, where I overlook both the strategy and the implementation part of a program that we call in JTI Intelligent Automation. And more than happy to share the experience and the journey and the future steps on it today, if we have the time for this. Perfect. That's exactly the, the perspective and the view that we need uh, for this discussion here today. So thanks thanks very much for making the time to, to join us here. More than welcome. Now, before we start, I just want to point all of you uh, watching, uh, welcome, thanks for joining. And um, what you can do also is you can participate. So just below this video on this website, uh, you can see a chat um, window where you can just type in your name and then you've entered the, the chat, uh, which is open while we are live on air. And uh, during that time, you can send us any comments or remarks or questions that come to mind. And we will keep an eye uh, on, on the chat and we'll try to pick up um, those items in, in the discussion where, where we can. All right, so um, let's get started now. So like we mentioned, um, yeah, there's a 
there's a divide between strategy and execution, but also if we're looking at the different, yeah, at the prosmining world, um, yeah, what I wanted to start with is just by bringing up uh, an overview again about the landscape. So I, have, I brought a few slides here that uh, we are trying to uh, share right now. Um, where um, at the beginning of this year's Pros Mining Camp, actually, I was uh, sharing these slides because we were looking at all the Pros Mining Camp presentations from the past 10 years. And we saw that they are coming from very different industries, right? Pros Mining can be applied in many different industries. So here, for example, we see finance, logistics, government, healthcare, and so on and so forth. But besides looking at industries, which uh, yeah, people often do, right? they try to find, for example, examples or learn from people who are trying to do the same in their industry, maybe at a similar company. But another way to look at that that we think is crucial to the discussion of post mining use cases is um Yeah, to, to the which is crucial to understanding the, the benefit that post mining has is to look at the use cases and you can identify different use cases um, based on what are people trying to do with their process mining analysis and yeah you see use cases like um, customer journeys here and um, IT use cases so There's process improvement teams, right? In a simpler way, we can have this simple picture here that illustrates a little bit like some of the most common roles that people have who are working with process mining. And as you can imagine, someone, for example, who's an auditor has a very different purpose uh, and goals when they apply process mining compared to someone uh, who is yeah, part of a process improvement team or a process manager. So what we see is that where people are coming from also has an influence on how they adopt process mining, um, whether they see it as a new or added capability, for example, right? So really that was something that we discussed before. So can you maybe t talk a little bit more about what we see there? Yeah. Yeah. So of course we talk a lot uh, uh, with people who starting with process mining and, and, um, And we see that from different type of use cases, but also from different type of organizations, you can look at the introduction of process mining and they are doing it slightly different. So sometimes I get this question, is there one kind of cookbook, how to implement or deploy process mining? And from my experience, actually there isn't. So it depends a little bit on the angle and how you want to use it in your particular use case. So for example, is it something new you want to introduce or is it do you see it more as an added capability so uh, to get to give you an example uh, if you for example look at it from an auditing point of view and uh, then you have this auditor uh, and this auditor uh, is using different kind of tools or techniques in order to support his auditing work um, so in order to support their auditing work they need different type of tools so not only process mining but process mining could be one relevant tool that can be used to answer a particular type of questions as part of one particular type of audit. And so in this particular way, you add process mining as a capability of the auditor in order to support his uh, his work or his, his particular audit. And so in that particular way, it's not impacting uh, the whole strategy, but it just is something that needs to be added and learned as part of a capability of something that you already are doing. Uh, well, if you are looking at the other spectrum, eh, so sometimes we see that uh, you have a program where they started to do cost saving or a digitalization program where processes need to be automated. So it's very big and impacting multiple uh, processes or projects. So then they started to 
yeah, use something new in order to discover uh, yeah, this potential or value uh, that can be harvested in order to uh, deploy these digital processes. So then process mining is kind of part of the whole strategy in order to automate these, these processes or implement processes that uh, are more efficient compared to the existing processes. Um, so what we see that there is kind of a, a, a top-down uh, strategy. Yeah? So going from a strategy perspective, creating value. Uh, but we, in a lot of cases, also see a bottom-up approach yeah? where one individual is starting with a process mining initiative. They start with a technology perspective. Yeah? And so they need uh, data, they need a tool in order to support it, but then need to, to, to develop the capability. So going up and then delivering value eventually and maybe uh, if you want to make it bigger uh, as kind of an oil spill, uh, there, there is a great uh, presentation from uh, Nationale Nederlanden um, uh, who presents how, how to do this change process or this develop this kind of oil spill. Um, but then you need to make it bigger and then tie it to kind of a strategic value of it. Um, but there are also, also the other way around where you first define the strategic value estimate the benefits and then start to implement or use a tool uh, and so then you need to go from yeah, the top-down uh, perspective um, and maybe that's a, that's a question to to Bogdan so so yeah. how, how did you approach it and what was your uh, first step well like you said Rudy there's hardly a cookbook to like walk you through the process and the wise saying says learn from everybody else's mistakes not from yours preferably so this is what we tried but before getting there i think it's important to mention that in the beginning we didn't even know we needed process mining um, I must make a parenthesis. JTI started a journey of digital transformation several years ago. And as part of it, this program evolved. And um, when we first started with intelligent automation, we began with RPA, in fact, with uh, robotic process automation, which is quite an interesting field. I'm not going to go into details because I don't think it's necessarily relevant, but I'm happy to take questions on that later on offline on LinkedIn or whatever. Um, it was a program that began as a, um, I would say, natural evolution of our organization because we all look for efficiencies, like you mentioned, and we wanted to get the best out of the technologies existing. So I started scouting that. And then the next question was, okay, what do we automate? And then we said, okay, processes, fine, but which processes, how do they look like? And this is where the, the discussion kind of got to a halt. Um, and we said, yeah, but we have our BPMLs, we have our definition of the processes. Yeah, but this is not exactly how they're being run. I know for a fact that in this particular factory, there's a few variations because of ta -da 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 -da. on this other location, we do it differently because of ta -da 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 -da. and then pretty soon we realized that there is a base process but there's a lot of things happening below the radar that people only have a rough idea about, but you can't really touch it. And um, furthermore, there were new systems introduced in JTI that didn't even have the process mapped at that time. And then another challenge emerged, um, which is, well, I learned later on the terminology. Um, and the process discovery part was also another great usage of, of process mining as, uh, as a tool. So, very soon I realized that it wasn't just the robots I needed, but also a process mining tool and preferably have it deployed before the robotics. 
as a scouting tool if you want for, for the processes we wanted to automate, deploy the robotics, then redeploy the process mining and see what are the, the, the improvements that were estimated in the beginning by the introduction of the RPA would have been achieved. That was the strategy. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. there's always a gap between what we want to get and what we can get. So um, on the strategy part, at least on paper, things looked all right. Um, but then it came to the actual implementation. So, of course, we never had such a tool before in JTI. We never even knew where to start and everything. So, um, I think that the, the natural way this evolved was, okay, let's, let's start an RFI, which in JTI terms is request for information. So, it's not exactly a bidding. It's more like can you guys explain us how your tools work, what the advantages would be, high level, the prices and all that. And this is how we met, by the way. And I'm happy we took that uh, that step. Um, and yeah, that's we got maybe, very far. Yes. Maybe let me let me jump in there because that's a, that's a great point that you're making, that you, in a way, right, really was talking about this uh, bottom-up and top-down approach. And for you, it, it was... Yeah, actually even different. So you were taking this top-down um, evaluation approach, but in a different or neighboring area. And then you found out you actually need processes and came across process mining. But then you want to do an RFI. And that's a little bit like, yeah, maybe more coming from the strategy perspective or from the top-down approach where you do have to define what you're looking for, right? Even when you're making an RFI, which is request for information, uh, you have to somehow specify what exactly you want to gather information on and you have to define some parameters. So this is a little bit like speaking of the divide that we started with at the beginning, right? The people who are on the strategy side or thinking about strategy, people who are executing, performing actual process mining, What we see on the strategy side or people who are coming from this top-down angle is often that they don't have a very good overview yet what process mining can do, what is even feasible, what are realistic goals, or also maybe what the use cases are. Uh, for their particular organization are because there are so many different use cases for process mining that you can yeah you Sorry. can uh, pursue, right? So it's a little bit of a chicken and egg problem and Often, yeah, so that's one of the topics that we also wanted to discuss here today is like, when do you start an RFI? If you're taking this top-down approach, how do you do this? And for example, what I often recommend to people is that they, before they actually start these kind of formal um, selection processes, is that they also gather some information themselves, maybe by even taking two or three different tools, maybe an open source tool, a monitoring tool, a standalone tool like Disco, and analyze some of their own processes to get a sense of what their use cases are and what is important for them to then, in this kind of strategic top-down selection, be more exactly. clear about what they want. So I'm curious how how, how you did that. Uh, in our case, it was kind of a mix of everything. Like you mentioned, uh, it totally made a difference to understand that This domain, which was rather unknown for us back at, at that time, was not exactly unknown for some of our colleagues in IT working in other companies. So one great source of information, at least for me, was to discuss with these people and see how do they use the tool, what were the pitfalls, what should we keep an eye on, what would be potentially the business benefits, because, you know, There's always an efficiency target coming from upstairs for which everybody strives to, to, to get there. But um, 
there's always additional benefits, not always tangible, that people might not be aware of. And when you talk to different sales teams, of course, they will present the product in the best way they can. Uh, they will share their past experiences from their other clients, whatever they see, whatever they hear. But I think the, the, the best you would get by talking to the people on the field and checking with them and seeing exactly how it worked. And this is what we did. So besides discussing with various vendors on the market, on the product and everything else, we also discussed with, like I said, colleagues in IT who already implemented it. One of the things that came from the top-down analysis was along the lines of Kaizen. We're a Japanese company, so we have this continuous improvement thing in, in our DNA. So um, right. somehow it was natural to see with every technology that we, we bring in JTI, uh, the question being raised, what's in it for us? What are the benefits it's going to bring? Besides, of course, solving the business solution we have purchased it for. In the case of process mining, um, the what's in it for me question was relatively simple to reply. Uh, first of all, it helped with the company strategy of having a visual um, decision-making system. Process mining ultimately is not just about digging into data, but also representing it in a way that you can later on slice and dice and, and formulate um, opinions and um, business decisions ultimately. So it came as a great tool exactly in a period in which we were discussing about uh, other tools of building dashboards such as Power BI or SAC from SAP or whatever. So it came, I think it's hard to sell a process mining tool knowing that sometimes it might come with a cost, but if you put it in the broader perspective, that should definitely help selling it. It's, um, people should see it as a start point, I think, of every journey. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you also, you did, uh, in the in the process of learning about the technique, you did apply it also to some of your own processes, right? Did you do this with IT? Is this? Oh, yes. That was the starting point, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you brought an example of that. So maybe oh, yes. Maybe we can should, have a look at that. Should we show that, maybe? Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, so, so you brought uh, an, an example of an incident management process. That's what it exactly. is, I think? Yes. So we, we have the incident management process being run with the ServiceNow platform inside GTI. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, um, we have this, well, I'm using ServiceNow terminology now, configuration items. There's pretty much every business application has one of these configuration items. So um, one day I got the question, okay, we have this set of applications which is maintained by more or less the same people. We would like to have a look at what's happening with the incidents and whether there is any bottleneck and what can we do to sort it out. Now, from my point of view, I think process mining is great in identifying the, the pain points, showing you where things don't really look right. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that with just the picture I exported, uh, one could also answer, okay, what next? What do I do? This, this really requires somebody who understands the process, who understands what's happening in that picture, yeah. and then to formulate the what's next uh, yeah. uh, steps. That's, a, that's so, a very good point. We will come back to that in, in more detail also. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So coming back to this particular picture, uh, if you scroll mm. to the, yeah, thank you. Um, we have the global support desk, which is pretty much 
most of the cases the entry point for for many is that at the top here yeah the, the GSD thing okay. yes. um, naturally I have kind of obfuscated a bit the names of the teams I don't want to give sure. too many details but roughly this is how it works so uh, practically it starts from there and then it goes from team to team until the case resolution there's a lot of outsourcing teams involved um, because it's like I said, it's a complex system um, composed of several components. Every outsourcing team deals with something. We have internal programmers as well. And then there is a uh, group that ultimately declares the case closed and, and that's pretty much it. Of course, we mm -hmm. have uh, some external partners in, in the process, including Orange, as you can see in the picture. And then here you can clearly see the path, the, the path the incidents usually take. And the normal support model would say, okay, it starts at GSD level, the ticket goes to the key support team, it might or might not involve the programmers, it might or might not involve some other outsourcing groups, but always it goes to the last outsourcing um, uh, team, which mm -hmm. deals with it and closes the case. That's the usual path. But then if you scroll up to uh, all the other paths the, the, the incident is going, you will pretty quickly discover that it's not always like that. As a matter of fact, we have quite a few other teams involved in the process. And um, for us, it was a bit of a shock, like, wow, what are these people doing here? Why are they being summoned? In some cases, it was a wrong incident uh, reassignment, because you can actually isolate uh, the cases and mm -hmm. have a look at exactly what's happening there. So that was the situation with some of them. Some others, we discovered that were kind of creating a bottleneck. Maybe we can go to the animation part and, and show it. Yeah, yeah. so the bottleneck was one of the places, that was one of the goals of the analysis, exactly. right? Exactly, the primary where goal, actually, them. yes. So we tried yeah. to understand what slows down uh, the whole process. And we quickly discovered that After a certain while, uh, there is this communication path between the key support team and then the, the, the last outsourcing team, mm -hmm. and focus on that zone, please, um, which was already overloaded with cases. And furthermore, the team, the, the last outsourcing team, was having troubles understanding what's happening. So you will see some incidents bouncing back at the key yeah. support team, asking for details, of course which sometimes is normal, but then you start asking, okay, why haven't these people been provided with information up front? So that was a whole set of, of questions that was addressed to the process expert to, to sort out. Um, you can also raise a question about uh, sizing of the outsourcing team. These people are getting 100 incidents a month. Mm -hmm. Is two, three people enough? Maybe we should increase the team. Uh, then you start looking at the incidents themselves. What nature do they have? Are they always... Q&A kind of questions. If they're Q&A, why do they go on this avenue? Why they're not replied directly by the support desk, for instance? Let's write some knowledge-based articles and send them to these people so that in case you have FAQs repeating over and over again, they could just simply reply and then offload a bit this communication channel. So as you can yeah. see, it's seeing the picture and understanding the process kind of helps you also formulate like, aha, uh -huh, so maybe we can improve this in this way, maybe we can improve this in this way. And this was the, the baseline, if I can call it so. I'm actually curious that after we deploy some of the ideas that were formulated in the discussion, if we rerun the same exercise, how would the picture look like? It's mm -hmm. hopefully more clear. Yeah. 
Oh, that's, I think, yeah. a great example, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I was wondering, right, so you, you started uh, the whole journey for process mining with uh, this digitalization program uh, and R RPA maybe as a as a basis to automate uh, these, these processes. Um, and then you, you found process mining, yeah, so probably still relating this on the strategic level uh, in the deployment or the implementation of that, that program to automate these processes, and then took the step in order to do the execution, right? So this is very much the execution. So then there is a whole gap, right? You experience between the way how you thought and positioned it within the program. So that, that's kind of the first question. So so how did you go about it? But also what's the major contribution of doing it yourself in the execution that, that helped you to, to make the positioning? And then did it change your view on, on process mining or your initial view? Oh, it totally did. So let me... Uh, start answering in, in, in the reverse order <laughs> you raise yeah, the questions sure. <laughs> um, to be fair when I started it one and a half years ago I, I had no idea process mining existing so I didn't know what it is what it was useful for um, what tools exist on the market nothing 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 and then it was a bit of a, a very steep learning curve uh, when we started the RFI I think we invited like 10 companies probably to demonstrate the capabilities and everything else and I was taking notes during the calls like aha so this is how they do this this is how they do that and then I compiled the report and pushed it upwards to my senior management like, guys look we have this thing it can help you here it can help you here it can do that it can do this efforts are minimal it just requires somebody who understands the, the data structure to provide that data and someone else to look at the picture which is compiled by these tools. You don't have to draw anything, the tool does it. Okay, it's not always like everybody markets it. It's not always that simple, but that was the principle. And then discussions continued. Um, one of the things, for instance, uh, which emerged recently was related to Internet of Things, which probably some of the people here in the call might uh, might already benefit from. Um, there is tons of data these little devices produce. Um, there is tons of data coming from sensors on machineries, from you name it. There's, there's just a lot of information and humanly it's impossible to just dig into that and try to make some sense out of it. So an additional advantage for me would be, for instance, to plug in the process mining tools and um, into a production line sensors array and try to trace the product from point A where it starts on the production line to point Z when it goes to the warehouse. Or probably, if possible, track it further and try to look in the whole process. Um, again, bottlenecks, volumes, um, influence of preventive maintenance of not doing preventive maintenance, all these kind of things, you know, it's, um, for me, it's, uh, it's, like I said, I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position that I can not just make recommendation, but also see how they're being done, how they help and fine tune uh, the next steps. Yeah, I think that's uh, such a good example of how, how there's so many different opportunities, right, to to apply, to yeah. work with data and to do process mining. And that's also where we see there's so many different ways to use process mining. And for if you're using, using it for a different use case or for a different process, you will need different things. So while we are talking about RFIs, I also wanted to uh, ask really again, because we 
we do see that how com that companies approach this differently, right? So do we have any tips that we could give to someone who is thinking about making an RFI, for example, how they can ensure that they actually ask the right question? Is there anything that you would you would tell them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so of course, uh, so if you are looking for a process mining tool, then um, what we have seen is uh, that there are different type of use cases for it. And from my experience is, is you cannot combine everything. So not every type of use case is looking for the same functionality. Yeah? So an RFI in most cases, so Bogdan, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Uh, they are looking for functionality of a particular tool. Eh? So they are not written on uh, on a particular use case level yet or focused on one particular use case level. But you already mentioned eh, there's, so, uh, there's a broad scope of, uh, of yeah, being able to apply process mining within an organization and yeah, trying to capture all the functionality or define what process mining is. And so if you look at the whole spectrum or scope of the different type of process mining tools, they have different type of angles. So it can be very broad in a sense, uh, try to describe it with, with the functionality, which is which is there. So from my perspective is it's to bring it into practice and then, then see what you actually need and also make it a little bit smaller, right? So if you look at the RFI, you can try to commit to something uh, for a very long time and say, we are doing this for already 10 years. But in 10 years, a lot of things can change, right? So if you have a, if you're doing something new, eh, so deploy something new or add something to what you are already are doing, you can also look at it from a perspective that you would say, okay, eh, so what do we need right now in order to take uh, the first uh, steps, uh, for example, bring it into practice, learn, and then adapt to it uh, as you go. And so don't try to implement something that is there as a final solution because there is never a final yep. solution. Indeed, um, I think you just mentioned yeah, something uh, which really popped right. into my mind. Sorry to interrupt you just quickly. Um, I remember there was a discussion about process mining to be run in a certain process inside our global business service centers. And immediately I got the reaction Why do you want to do process mining on this? We're changing it anyway. Hmm. And then my, my next question was, okay, you're changing it into what and based on what? Ah, we know it's rubbish. We have to fine-tune some things. Okay, based on what? Again, that was the question. Nobody answered. So I think it's uh, people should also understand that process mining is not just um, – something you run once and forget about it just because you want to get a radiography of things. I think people should understand process mining as a continuous loop inside the organization. The, the typical plan, do, check, act, which doesn't come from, I think it's PMI terminology, if I'm not mistaken, uh, PMP, sorry. Um, so deploy the process mining, get the results, take an action, And then redeploy the process mining against the same thing and see where you got with uh, whatever actions you have decided. Maybe they're good, maybe they're bad. Depends on the process length as well. Don't run process mining every two days if your process produces results in six months or later. Yeah. Yeah, it really it's, depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's many things that have... You know, you were asking me how, uh, what were the criteria when we started the RFI. There were some of them. But the criteria evolved every day with the discussions we had with the people when we realized the potential uh, of, of the technology. 
And it's not just us. Imagine the power of having a process mining tool embedded inside your ERP and basically slapping your hands whenever you try to do something which you shouldn't be doing, which would then yeah. later on yeah. question even the, the existence of an internal audit department, for instance. That's your mm -hmm. internal audit, ultimately. Yeah, that's one of the one of the use cases, right? And that's I think the little bit the the chicken and egg problem that we talked about before. Like when you're defining those kind of what are you looking for? What are the strategies or the parameters that you want to learn more about? Yeah, you already need an understanding of the use cases, and there there's so many different ways to use this. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. one of the challenges. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also the other challenges is is, is it's also it depends on the approach, right? So if you approach it from the top top down and you yeah. have this kind of ambition where you uh, have the opportunity to save uh, for example a lot of money or reduce a risk for example and it needs to be done quickly and yeah then there could be a very good business case for it right to just try to implement it and roll it out uh, but of course uh, in the execution you need to and make a lot of decisions yeah, where to start and how to realize these actual uh, benefits. And often they are talking about end-to-end -end processes. Yeah, so they assume that they can stitch the, all the data in the organization already together while we know that there are some requirements needed in order to get there. And so also on the execution, of, uh, on the strategy level, it can be a great business case. But of course, it has to tie to the execution level to be able to see the end-to-end -end process. And so you need to get ready in order to, to get there. And so sometimes it needs a lot of data work or preparation work to get there. And that's also kind of the mismatch what I sometimes see uh, if people mm -hmm. you know, try to approach it from the top down is that they have this ambition of predicting processes, right? So it's, it's easy to say, uh, we want to predict the process. We don't want to look back and see the historical uh, replay of the process. No, we want to predict it. But if there is no basis to predict it, then that's a great ambition, but it's very difficult to execute. Yeah. And so that that's also to be realistic on that level. Of, yeah. uh, of course, it's good to have kind of a dot on the horizon where you want to go. Um, yeah, but from my perspective, It's also important um, uh, to take a good step and to be uh, realistic of what would be a good step. Yeah. So, for example, work on the data aspect of it. That's a, that's a good example for realisticness, I think, because if you want to predict something, first the process needs to be stable enough, right, to be able yeah. to make meaningful predictions. And that's something yeah, that maybe people have overly... Um, optimistic expectations or don't really know what's realistic or not. But the other thing is also the who what we have been talking about with the use cases like who's doing what right so it's not just about for example the functionality or the features of a process mining tool but to find out who in the organization is doing the process mining analysis when how does it fit into the current way of working there needs to be someone who does this right it's it's not something that gets done automatically and someone needs to do something with those insights also so all of this Yeah, needs to be worked out. And it's very hard to work out what that is if you don't have an understanding yet of how prosmining, what prosmining is and how that works. Indeed. And besides the academic aspects of it, I think my recommendation would be for somebody who starts from, from basically scratch, try to have somebody who sees both the strategic and the implementation part. Uh, the reason is simple. Like you mentioned, Anne, um, somebody might want to run an analysis on a process that doesn't actually leave any trail any digital trail at all and then how would you do it mm. so it, it happened to us like for instance we wanted to have a look at 
something that was being run in two or three systems in parallel, one of them didn't have this audit log. So we could pick it back on and, you know, fill in the dots. So the question is, what do you do next? Do you wait another six months for an audit log to be built and then collecting events and then rerun the analysis? Do you apply for task mining, maybe? Uh, if that's another approach, which is available, I see it as a, as a, um, on a raising trend lately. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. it's not too bad. People are still concerned a bit about this uh, privacy aspects. It all depends on how you configure the task mining tool, of course. Or you can collect manually some data for or a time, can, it's yeah, possible, right? Just so. sit there six months behind an expert executing it and <laughs> taking notes every day. Depends, depends very much. Um, of course, I'm an engineer and I'm an IT guy, so obviously mm -hmm. I, I would rather make use of, of the tools where I can. Yeah. But but you're uh, emphasizing the bridge, the necess necessity again to bridge the gap, and I, I think that's very much true. And, and so far we have been talking a little bit more about this kind of top-down scenario where someone is, for example, constructing an RFI and how can they know enough to be able to do that in a meaningful way. But I think the opposite side of the coin is also uh, really interesting and important and that's also something that we wanted to make sure we talk about here today is where yeah we have the opposite situation that someone maybe comes into contact with uh, technology and um, yeah they want to apply it um, and they may be fascinated by the technique but they they miss this link to what's the benefit for the organization right really that's kind of the second perspective like Yeah, yeah, where the yeah, strategy yeah, is so, missing, so the yeah, execution so, side is, yeah, yeah. So, so one particular example where we we see this, uh, for example, is from IT perspective. Yeah? So, uh, from an IT perspective, someone who uh, has heard of process mining, they started to use it. Maybe they start to apply it on one of the processes, uh, and then maybe also already finding something interesting. Uh, but of course, need to make and bridge the gap with the business. And so somehow you need to make a link uh, with the mm -hmm. business and with their strategy or their problems uh, uh, in order to yeah, to be able to make to make it stick. Otherwise, it's just a one-off. And so it's it's interesting. What what would your advice be, uh, Bogdan? I think uh, it's, if, if, if someone takes that approach. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. Don't underestimate the complexity of a process mining problem. It takes a lot of stakeholders' alignment yeah. before you can even start. Um, I have seen the trends, and not just in our organization, many other organizations as well. People usually come to you with a solution instead of asking, what can you do for this problem? They say, mm -hmm. okay, here is process mining. I want it. Okay, hold on. Let's have a look at, at the what. What do you need? What do you try to get by running a yeah. process mining? Is it... Is it really making sense to look at it? Do we have the right resources? Is it a good timing? You know, you can't really run a process mining in isolation from everything else that happens in a company. Like I said, maybe sometimes you have to export that data from a system which is still being under construction or expanded or anything in that direction. So, like I said, there's many stakeholders that will have to be brought at the roundtable. Um It definitely helps to have somebody who really understands what process mining is about, and I mean from the theoretical aspect, but also from the tool perspective. Of course, in the happy situation where you do have a tool, if you don't have a tool, then prepare yourself for a bidding, and it's not going to be an easy one. 
uh, in our case, for instance, I would definitely recommend um, at least on IT, make sure you bring on board pretty much everybody from all your departments, whether it's security, whether it's networking. Yeah. Imagine it's huge amounts of data which are being fed into this application. You don't want that to become a bottleneck on a certain network node, for instance, or to create performance problems on your ERP just because you extract 200 terabytes of information out of it over the night. So think of everything it can impact from technical perspective, but also think of everything it can impact from business perspective. And the fun part is that it's not just IT who requires analysis on the processes. It's also the business who always wants to look back, see what they did wrong, or maybe not necessarily what you do wrong in an organization. Maybe there's external factors. Like, for instance, we run this uh, P2P analysis last year. Um, and in the procurement flow, we could clearly identify there were several vendors that constantly delayed delivering or produced delays in the whole purchase order uh, process simply because they sent, for instance, uh, invoices with line items mismatched from what was initially agreed on the PO. Yeah, and then you can clearly see how it does impact uh, the overall cost of running that particular process in an organization. Of course, you... You need somebody who understands the process. So yeah. if you put a nice picture yeah. on screen or a nice animation, okay, you can wow people with it. I, I think it's both. Huh? It's you need to have someone who knows the process, but then you also need to, and that's even I think a, a separate dimension. You need to be able to make the link to what the benefit is. So that's yeah. basically making the link to the strategy level, bridging that gap from the bottom to the top, if you okay. will, um, to know like what are the goals of the organization. How can we improve this process right even if you know the process and you have a picture and you know what everything means that doesn't necessarily help yet to translate this like in some kind yeah. of benefit right yeah. and really this is something we sometimes see with people who are enthusiastic who get started but then if they are not able to make that next step then they in a way they get stuck right and they can't really get anywhere yeah yeah exactly and so What we see in practice is if you look at the process mining analysis, you get a lot of detailed view about the process, right? And yeah. so uh, uh, you can see these bottlenecks, uh, you can see places where you deviate, for example. So that can be very concrete things you have found in the process mining analysis. However, yeah, that doesn't directly tie uh, into uh, yeah, the whole strategy of uh, the organization or maybe for that particular process. And mm -hmm. so the, what do you want to achieve with this particular process? And so if you see a bottleneck, for example, it doesn't say that that bottleneck is actually a bottleneck. It would be a bottleneck if you don't deliver in time. And so in, in that particular way, it should be somehow tied to what they want to achieve with this process. Yeah. And of course, there are a couple of situations. And so you have uh, the situation where they don't know or they don't have any agreements yet, so they don't have any SLAs in the process. So then you still have to have the discussion of what is the status quo. Right? The process mining analysis itself can be really helpful to have that discussion. Right? Should it take two days? Should it take three days? We see that on mm -hmm. average it takes three days. Is this enough? Right? In some cases we see that it takes 30 days. Right? So what's kind of the maximum, what, what it can take? So the process mm -hmm. mining analysis can help to set that discussion. But if there is already something like an agreement, then it should tie into something uh, about yeah, the output of the process. I think yeah. the process mining should actually be handled as many 
projects inside an organization because it's not just about sitting and dissecting the resulting picture for a day or two. There's also tons of preparation work for that. Um, I saw it quite often, like for instance, we want to trace a certain thing end to end, but we discovered that part of the information lies inside the ERP. Part of the information sits in some satellite of the ERP. Another part of the information, we don't even know where it is. So simply analyzing where do you get the data, that takes some time. That's an additional stakeholder. The, the, the guys that do understand those systems, the, the source of your information, they have to be brought on board. And then um, there is also the problem of accessing the information, which personally I hit against a number of times. There's certain information which is considered confidential uh, to some degree in every organization. Like, for instance, you might run to have a look at HR, but HR information is not exactly exposed to everybody. Or you might want to get access to financial information, but you only have access to entity A and B, and the rest is invisible for you. You know, so all these complications should be like put somewhere in, in some sort of a lessons learned log so that the next time you do yeah. a similar exercise, yeah. piggyback on that, piggyback on the existing yeah. experience. And be exactly. prepared for it. I mean, it's not yeah. just, yeah. let's do it tomorrow. So if I understand correctly, so there are a couple of boulders, right? So it's not only the boulder where you want to tie it to uh, the business perspective and then tie it to the business value, but also values such as uh, the data privacy and data security issues, which can arise during such a process mining analysis. So how to deal with mm -hmm. it and find solutions for this these type of problems yep. or how to organize the data and where should we position it, right? So should it be part of a centralized data extraction uh, persisting uh, model or sh should it be decentralized or should it yeah. be something some, something different? Yeah. Right, exactly. Now, specifically for this aspect of tying it to the business value though, right, which is then kind of the last part of the project, um, which we see people sometimes struggle with if they're coming more from this execution side and are not used to making the link to business value or to the strategic uh, goals in the organization. So, so that's an important piece that they're often missing. And so what we wanted to do also here today is to try to show a simple example, right, really how you could um, yeah. make this link, because often it doesn't have to be very complicated. You have to simplify, you have to find approximations uh, for how to measure something that can be related to some kind of desirable outcome. So maybe it's a good point in time. Should we should we go through the simple, very simple example that we that we prepared yeah. for this? Yeah. yeah, perfect. So yeah, so can can you see my yeah, screen here? I can see it. Okay, so yeah, what kind of yeah, process so is this? Yeah, so this is an, uh, a reimbursement process. So imagine that uh, you have uh, traveled from A to B uh, with a with a train, for example, and you want to reimburse that, that train ticket. Then you have to go to the HR reimbursement process to, to get your money back. And so this is the HR reimbursement process. And you, you can see that some of the activities are dark blue, which are more frequent, and some of the activities are light gray, which is kind of more exceptional behavior. And if we want to look at the process flow, then we can change here to the case frequency and then we can see that there's actually yeah, a flow going through this process. Yeah. 
but the actual process is much easier. So it's very simple in a sense that if I want to do a reimbursement, then I need to submit my ticket in an online reimbursement system, upload this ticket, and then it will be checked by the HR department. And if it's approved, then it will be processed automatically and being paid out. So using the process mining analysis, we can extract data from this HR system. Um, and so this is the case ID times and activity, of course, and then visualize this process. Uh, and this process is on the workflow level. And so we can see all these activities. Um, mm -hmm. And it also helps us to visualize already where we can see the pain points of this particular process. Yeah. And so if we look at the performance, then we can see where there are delays. And if we zoom in, then we can see that uh, this this is the place. Uh, these are the places where we can see interaction with the human resource. And so yeah. either the manager that needs to be ap approved the ticket or um, uh, the HR employee that needs to check the form. Right, right. I just want to point out as a as an interjection is this is a place where many process miners find them themselves, right? When, when they start learning about the topic, starting with an analysis, they, they see a picture of the process, they see measurements and bottlenecks about the process. But now, yeah, how can they now make the next step, right? So if you're analyzing this process, how can you make the next step to actually yeah. focusing on the business value? Yeah, of course. And that starts w with the question, right? So we can see yeah. a bottleneck and you can confront uh, people saying, yeah, we can see a bottleneck here and have a discussion of the root cause of this bottleneck. But this is not uh, the business value that's being created. Uh, so the business value always starts top down. Uh, so it starts with the question, what's important for this particular process? Yeah. And then the measure, man, manager would say something like, yeah, it's uh, the most important part is not how quickly we process these tickets, but how much time is being spent internally in order to process these tickets? Because then uh, it's kind of depending on how much cost is being involved in this particular process. So this process is all about a cost driver. And so as a next step, if we look at this uh, this particular uh, process, yeah, then we want to focus on these activities that actually take time. And so if we look at this process, a lot of these activities, which are kind of grayed out, are automated activities. And so are activities that don't take any resources per se. And so you can argue, is this interesting for this particular cost driver question? And it mm -hmm. actually isn't. And so we need to simplify this particular process map and then focus on this perspective. And so we can add a filter here to focus on all of the activities that actually are performed by uh, a person. And so there is a uh, step process step in there, which maps out which activities are automatic. So the empty activities are assigned to an automated uh, machine. Yeah, so a machine yeah, is doing workflow, the work. Automated workflow yeah. steps. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it doesn't cost anything in a sense other than processing power. Uh, and if we now create a visualization of the process of these steps, which are done either by the manager in this case or by the HR employee, then we get this Yeah, this this perspective of the process. Huh? Well, now we can see everything. Huh? So we can see that it starts with submitting the form, STP generic main workflow. Then it goes to checking the form by the HR employee. And then uh, it's processed automatically being paid out. Huh? So put in the status that it's being paid out. Um, and in some cases, it requires an approval of the of the manager. So it's the gray activity 190, which you can see. Mm -hmm. But this is... This still doesn't answer the question, how much does it cost, right? So if 
uh, we asked this question to the uh, cost center uh, manager of the HR department, then he would say, yeah, my resources are in the check form or uh, in uh, processing this manually. So I'm actually looking at these two activities, check form and process the form manually. And so mm-hmm. each of these steps will take considerable time uh, from uh, uh, from my resources. And so we again can focus on these two uh, activities. Yeah, for the HR department specifically, yeah, right? If they the want to save money. Yeah. Mm, so which one should we just keep? Just the uh, So that's the control request step. Yeah. So that's and the handle manually. And the handle manually. So that's yeah. also done by this particular yeah, person. So these are the manual HR activities only. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then we get a very simple process map, right? So the, the process map is, is kind of telling us now how, how many times a particular step is being uh, being done. And if we look at the performance view, uh, you can see what we have here. And so we only had one timestamp, so the activity the the activity itself is, is is considered to be instant, but of course it takes time. It takes on average uh, 18 days if we have a first check and then a second check, and then there's 8.9 days in between uh, the manual uh, processing of it when it drops out. So we don't have the time of this check form. Eh? So we, the first question was, how much time does it take? We, d- we don't have this time because it's it's not in our data. So if we had a starting timestamp and a completion timestamp of each individual step, then we would have a total time spent on these activities, but we actually don't have it. And yeah. so there's still a gap between the goal, which we have in this type of analysis and the process mining analysis, which we have here. And in order to yeah, bridge the gap, with the strategy, we need to link it up. And so if we look at the frequency, what we have is the number of times these steps are uh, performed. And so if we look at the absolute frequency, so the number of times the check form step happens, it's 2862. And so 2862 times this step is being performed. But on which time frame? And so that's and so if we want to have a calculation, then we need to make a calculation based upon a time frame, for example, for for a month or for a year. And so if we apply a filter, then we can trim it down and then look at the time frame for one one month. Yeah, because now the, the data set is going a little bit longer than, than one month. So if we want to use kind of a baseline, right? So that's yeah. why... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we, so we if we look at the time frame... Month? Yeah, then then we can see that it runs from the first of August. Yeah, first of August and the first of September. Until se- the first okay. of September, so that's not exactly one month. So if we want to make some some calculations, of course, then one month would be a good, yeah. Uh, yeah. good indication. And we would set it to trim, right? Because we're trimming out all the events in this. Yeah, so we want to thing. take into consideration all the activities that are performed within a month. Right? So we are not looking at the the whole process, which are completed within a month, but all the activities that are done in a month. Yeah, I think it's quite something that people should be um, also ready for. Uh, and this is the, the beauty of having a process mining tool because you can slice and dice into the data in real time. It's not just a, a static picture that somebody would put in a PowerPoint on a big screen and say, okay, this is how things are. Uh, because the moment questions are starting, your tool expert has to step in and be able to perform all this filtering. 
ideally you should bring additional dimensions not just the 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 basic event related stuff but maybe you have certain things that you want to correlate with the data you put on screen and then you can do multiple filters on that or jump from one topic to another or from one perspective to another it's um for me it's yeah. it's like a swiss army knife Okay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but even, it is. And yeah, that that's yeah, also creates the complexity, right? So true. if you yeah, if you look at everything, then it can be very overwhelming, and especially if you are not the expert on the process itself or the domain expert, but still very good with, with doing these type of process mining analysis. Yeah, then it's kind of the question: where do we look at, right? So, first question is: what do we see? But if you make an interpretation, what is kind of important? Yeah, so, this is eventually actually a process is being executed. There are real people performing these checks, right? So. Mm-hmm. So if you are the manager of this department, you are struggling with certain things. And, and that's sometimes very difficult to create that bridge, right? So what's their struggle? Um, uh, and then having this picture to make their struggle a really uh, yeah, a visual, tie what you yeah. see in the visualization to to the things that, that are important. Huh? Yeah, and yeah, and and what is nice about this example is that there might be still gaps, right? Like here, for example, we don't have two timestamps. It's actually quite a few data sets that you get with process mining. Some do have start and complete timestamp. That's great, but if you don't have that, doesn't mean you can't do these types of analysis. You you have to find other ways, right? So here, for example, we would be able to work with an estimate, right? Really, we would ask, for example, a subject matter expert or the process manager, like how long does it take this manual activity for the HR employee? And maybe they say 15 minutes, for example is what it takes right so we have to work with that estimate and how would we let's also show how can we actually take this now and make this link to an actual business value that we could put in a business case for example yeah 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 so of course this is a, this is a real example so uh, what they did here is take the number of steps and so we can see the number of steps here at 2790 and uh, these are the number of steps uh, so we are looking at the absolute frequency actually counting yeah. the steps even if there's rework uh, and then based upon this if they have an estimate estimate of uh, having each step 15 minutes, for example, yeah, uh, and then that's kind of a quarter, and so say 2,800, and then a quarter of that, 700 hours. Yeah, yeah, so let's and then we just... can, can make a calculation out of this. So we have 700 hours spent on this activity for one month. And yeah. so if we want to uh, have an hourly rate, for example, of 60 euros, probably on the low side, but uh, let's take that. And then ha- have it for 12 months. And yeah. so do it, do a business case for a full year. Then we see that the total cost center for this particular activity is um, yeah, five, 500,000 uh, euros in this particular example. And then, of course, we need to think about scenarios. Eh? So process mining, it doesn't solve your problem here. Eh? So it makes apparent... Uh, what the investment is in this particular process. And then as a next step, uh, of course, we can think about the scenario. So, for example, we introduce uh, a sample check uh, that uh, for which we only check half of these cases uh, in order to reduce the risk. And, so, yeah, and the rest is example, automated, for example. Yeah, right? and the rest so. we, we will not check anymore. Uh, so uh, they will be uh, there will be a sample checked at the front and the rest is kind of skipped. Uh, so the mm-hmm. risk is being reduced to, to check part of it. So then we can make the calculation for this particular scenario and then uh, uh, multiply it by 0.5. 
and then have this as a yearly benefit. Eh? So uh, 250,000 uh, euros as a yearly benefit for this particular scenario. Um, in this uh, uh, example, actually, they were able to uh, reduce it uh, uh, to to 80%. Eh? So then we can again make a, a change in this calculation and then see what the cost saving would be for this particular uh, example. So in this way, you have this very detailed process mining analysis, but there are ways to bring it back to the yeah, managerial or yeah, more strategic or value level to have yeah. a broader cost driver that can be brought in into the strategic perspective in order to yeah, make that investment in order to, to do these type type of analysis and improvements uh, and make it more tangible. Eh? So, for example, if this was a case where you would implement RPA, and then it would be easier uh, to decide whether or not the investment is worthwhile uh, to do the uh, RPA project than if you didn't do this exercise uh, before, of course. Yeah, exactly. And so this is a very simple example, if you will, but also really concrete and a real one. And often you try to find these approximations in, in real life. So that's what we see. And we want to encourage the people who are on this kind of um, strategy execution side divide who, who are coming more from the execution side and have uh, maybe are struggling a little bit to make this connection to the business value, to the strategic um, perspective, to, to really take an effort to make that step because only then they... Um, can also ensure that their post money activities are actually contributing and also that they can get the yeah make an impact inside the organization and get people on board and basically yeah get for example resources internally to continue doing this and so we wanted to show you this simple example and we also will share together with all the pointers and resources uh, that we share with the recording we also wanted to share kind of a template um, that that we have made it's kind of a kind of a business case template for process mining because in a in a business case you're always looking at the cost benefit um, yeah cost and the benefit side right and the cost is usually relatively easy you can look at how much do the licenses cost the training how much time do people need to invest sometimes you have to pay to get your own data you have to buy it back from some kind of external organization and things like that um, but then on the benefit side there's also different kind of ways right so the example we just showed really was kind of a, a cost saving example and that's of course one dimension you can look at benefits like saving costs and here we have some just collected um examples from different areas and we have put them uh, specifically also for the reason that we mentioned at the beginning into these different roles so you see the first column tells us like from which perspective from which use case are we looking at prosmine here is it the process excellence group is it the auditing is it the it department right so there's different kind of drivers and different kind of ways um, how you can use pros mining and benefit from them for example here in a cost saving dimension and then also um, yeah increasing the benefit the revenue is another another dimension for example uh, we have seen like uh, with an how, how you say Wohnung really how do you say this in in English the housing the housing housing association housing corporation association yeah, housing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right right so there was a, a process where they could also automate a part of um, the process where and we, we will share the link with the with the show notes also uh, where when an apartment is um, yeah left by the current tenant that 
they offer this same apartment to a new tenant, but in the time between the old and the new tenant moving in, the apartment is empty and they don't get any rent, right? The housing association doesn't get any rent um, in this time period. So here also the business case is actually very easy because uh, you can pull, um, yeah, re by reducing the time and by automating kind of parts of this process to speed it up, uh, they will actually not save money, but they will uh, yeah, get, get more money. And also the third dimension, kind of the soft benefits are also really important. It's often not so clear to how to tie process mining specifically to cost savings or to um, added, benef yeah, added revenue, but sometimes it's more soft, right? So that's also something I wanted to talk with you about. What, what, what do you see uh, how people can deal with that side. So Bogdan, was that also a value for, for your organization, for example? Yes, indeed. And actually, I wanted to, to paint on the picture you just uh, brought in discussion. Um, sometimes RPA is not necessarily the solution to the problem you see on screen with a the things being slowed down. Um, in one of our processes, we discovered that actually raising a bit the threshold from which an approval is required expedited the whole execution greatly. So you may think of the of the solution in terms of cost of FTE saving of whatever, but also you may want to re-engineer a bit the process itself that can also bring additional benefits. So from from my perspective, I think to have a, a like the complete business case it's it's not just about uh, the savings it's also the potentials of growth and sustainability of the process you, you work on and I'll give you a concrete example whenever we we run an analysis and we come with a solution, okay, that solution would probably address specifically that problem but then you need to think in perspective okay i deploy this thing what next and continue asking this what next and the why questions until there's no more why and what next questions to be raised at that time and then you can say okay i fine-tuned that process to the point of it's the best i can do for the moment no worries in one year we'll come back and we'll have some more what next because organizations never really stay right yes Uh, the same sometimes they, they change even in, in six months but I would say have this in, in view try to come back at your decisions one year later remeasure and see what else can you do there's always a what else yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's interesting. And so, so I know that you uh, you started it top down, bottom up, but then came back top down again. And then often uh, you need to find somebody who yeah, who owns uh, um, the whole uh, uh, implementation or the whole execution of that that part of the program, uh, uh, or or maybe even just the the tool. So, and the question is if you bring this kind of under a governance right so if you are in in between uh, between the it and uh, the business uh, department um, how do you govern uh, the execution itself huh? so yeah you could have a good idea of what you want to achieve and maybe you already see these other opportunities as well um, but how do you go about with with the governance of the of the execution itself so how, how did you do that well it's um Kind of hard to, to, to sell a recipe 
your success. I'll, I can only tell you what we did in our organization. It worked for us. Hope it works for others as well. Um, in terms of governance, we our core business is obviously not IT and not running process mining. We need process mining, but it's not something we work on. So um, I think the, the first challenge was to decide where do we put it? Um, and there's only two options, IT or business side. Which is mm-hmm. IT just because it's an IT investment in the whole program. It's a lot of technologies involved, so we pay from our portfolio. Um, I did discuss with other colleagues of mine where the decision was taken in favor of the business to to sponsor the whole thing. Um, yeah, so, so if you would say, where do we put it? Then you mean who pays the bill, right? Who is the owner? Yeah, who pays the bill, yeah, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way of seeing the thing. Second way is the capability. Uh, when you put it on the left side or on the right side, always think, okay, do I have the right people in the team to sustain the program? Do they need something else? And ultimately, you will end up with a mix because you can't really put it in IT and just have the IT people there. You always need a business experts. You can't really put it on the business side and not give them access to the data simply because they're not IT. Yeah, you need to open connections to SQL databases or God knows what else. They won't be able to do it by themselves. Yeah? Yeah. So in our case, it's a mix. It's yeah. a mix because you, we didn't find a way to, to really make it work just on, on IT or just on the business. Yeah, interesting. Um, there's always mm-hmm. the, the dimension of the... Um, um, prioritization of the work to be done which also has to be considered when you have a small nucleus of of people that can do process mining in a big organization and you have tens of projects coming in the queue you obviously have to prioritize them somehow so um, it's not just about getting the tool and getting the expertise but also understanding what has to come quicker in terms of results and I'll step back to the to the moment in, in time when I said treat it as a project. So consider that every process mining requires some preparations ahead of time and take that time into consideration as well. There might be a high priority project that when it enters the, the implementation pipeline, you may end up the process mining exercise six months later. You already may lose some opportunities of doing things on other process uh, mining requests that mm-hmm. were sitting in the queue in the meantime. So it's not always that simple. Yeah, it's an interesting point that you made. I just want to highlight that because I think that's something that for me, it wasn't that much like at the forefront uh, of my thinking because I think it's clear when you're going top down that you have to choose like like you, like you were discussing before who pays the bill, right? So who's responsible for it? And that also has implications on maybe where resources get trained, but also basically yeah the responsibility, but also the power of deciding what do we do next? If we want to do more, then we actually have the capability right now. So that's also part of the ownership and the responsibility that you have. Indeed. And then there is also about this demand management, um, how to prepare the demand. People don't really know what to expect. I mean, like I said, either they come with a, the solution, I need process mining on, I don't know, order to cash process. Okay. Um, high level, yes, we kind of know where, where to start, but in details, when you start asking the question, okay, what do you want to see? What are the questions we should be replying at the end of this 
mini project, then you discover that you might need additional information from the master data to bring I don't know what, from the billing system to bring I don't know what. And then pretty soon you will start drawing the map of all your stakeholders that have to be involved. That will also help position the the project in time because these stakeholders might have other priorities at that time. They might mm-hmm. not be available to help you at that time. You have to consider yeah. this. Yeah. And when you talk about a multinational organization, uh, one other factor which is always um, a bit overlooked is local vacations calendar. And I'm mentioning it because it, it really... <laughs> <laughs> it's very practical thing, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you... You're definitely convinced you're going to get results next week. And when you call that guy, well, you know, it's a bank holiday here. We don't work today and tomorrow. We're coming back the day after. So, yeah, yeah it's it's not always that simple. Yeah. I think the yeah. whole planning yeah, dimension. Yeah, please, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have a great example, which uh, I countered a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So it was someone who is doing, I want to do this type of process mining analysis. And within the organization, there are... There are two kind of departments which work separately. They have their own systems and there's kind of a Chinese wall in between. Uh, And the goal of that particular project was to look at the end-to-end processes between these two departments. But of course, uh, they had no way in order to bring that data together because there was nothing there yet in order to be able to do that. And so kind of the process mining uh, exercise becomes uh, uh, this thing where you are doing this for the first time, which is, of course, a really big thing. Uh, try to bring these these two data sets together with all the security risk officer type type of things that, that need to happen, which really needs to have support of this, this senior, senior uh, management part to be able to to push through and to, to be able to do it. And so in this way, yeah, so different type of projects can entail different type of challenges right so that's that's also what you what you mentioned so it's not only uh, the business value that needs to be considered but also the big challenges uh, regarding to bringing data together or may ha- have the discussion about how to go about the data security or bringing data together and being able to anonymize it in a, in a particular way and how it should be anonymized to be able to analyze this so yeah, there could exactly. be new challenges ahead if you are doing new things yeah. indeed but I think people should approach this optimistically because no matter how challenging it sounds it may bring more value than what you put in i'll give you another example Um, i mentioned the p2p exercise uh, last year imagine we would have spent and now i'm giving you a figure which is not necessarily real um, i don't know three hundred thousand on that particular exercise might seem a lot of money but by identifying those vendors that give us problems with those uh, orders and by replacing them with the proper ones and smoothing the whole thing the company gained like a million so then you know when you put the things in perspective 300,000 doesn't really seem that much expensive anymore yeah a lot of people get scared about the costs they hear I'm mm-hmm. not talking about your product in particular or any other product now um like any new technology, it's expensive because experts are not that easy to reach. So you might even need to consider bringing on board some some knowledge from an external company that actually does this, that offers consultancy. And consultancy doesn't come cheap, as we all know. So that might raise the cost of your process mining project. But then 
look at what you get from that. And if the proper answers are given to the senior management and you make a compelling business case and you can actually show the fact that, okay, I need this investment, but in two years I would get this from it. Um, I'll give you another example here. Like, Think about a smart cockpit that runs certain parts of your business. Like if the after the process mining exercise, it detects a certain thing happening, it can already trigger, I don't know, maybe a robot that does a corrective action or perform some, some specific actions to uh, reduce a potential risk of, I don't know, in compliance, for instance. Um, we have a lot of controls in finance. Yeah, so um, SOX controls or any other type of controls, you know, it's it's kind of not visible until you have a breach. And then the cost of that breach might be huge. So you shouldn't necessarily consider the business case only as tangible benefits, but also the cost of not covering the risk of having yeah. a breach in your controls. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, that's definitely one part of the kind of things you can consider when you when you make the business case mm-hmm. yeah that you also take risks into account i want to maybe make one one more point uh, because before we were talking about like where do you position pros mining when you're coming from this top down more strategic kind of view you have to decide right and uh, so really right what we see with organizations is also that they have different kind of internal structures so there are often there there are different models that can work and it's not just Bogdan, you were emphasizing kind of the device between IT and business that's certainly true but I think there's more there's a bigger spectrum from what we see depending on how the organization is structured for example again it comes back to the use case right so it's clear for example if it's used for auditing maybe you know it's positioned as, as one of the tools in the audit department so then the responsibility lies there but even if you're going to use it for process improvement purposes there's different uh, places where it can be because maybe the organization has a process excellence team a process improvement uh, team and maybe there's a data science team as well where there yeah maybe there's a lot of data scientists who are very good with data and you know statistical tools and things like that whereas the process improvement people um, or the process improvement team they're kind of the change management experts who Uh, are trained in Lean and Lean Six Sigma and who know how to actually make change happen in the organization, who support change projects throughout the organization with the different departments. So in, in that situation, usually um, also here you can yeah, place the responsibility anywhere, but usually my recommendation would be to place it with the process improvement team because like we discussed before, it's not just the domain knowledge that you need, someone who knows the process, but because translating those post-mining insights into actual changes that can be tied to business value and to then actually execute the change to to get that value for the organization. That's what these people are really good at. So, yeah, that's maybe one one last point I wanted to make here as well. Yeah, And maybe one last point from my side as well. Um, if there is in the organization something similar to to a controlling group, So, you know, audit would come mm-hmm. practically later on, but controlling should be there all the time. Try yeah. to use their force on your side. So bring yeah. them on board the stakeholders table and try to see their views as well. Um, you might you might discover certain interesting aspects that people might not even be aware of. Like, for instance, 
processes uh, that have controls applied to it. You might want to change a branch that definitely impacts the control definition. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, controlling team might say, yeah, but how about we automate this control by doing things differently? Yeah, so discussions may quickly evolve from, okay, here's a picture, let's have a look what can we improve to having a roundtable, everybody looking at the same picture and then contributing with, yeah, but this impacts me, how about we do it differently? I think it's um, it's a project that shouldn't be run in isolation. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Rudy, do you yeah. also have a last point as well? Yeah, yeah, so... I think it's also something that evolves, right? So we get sometimes the question, uh, so is process mining kind of something that needs to be done on a central level or something that needs to be done on the departmental level or uh, uh, central or local, for example? And it also depends a little bit on, of course, how the organization is organized. Eh? So if the organization is uh, available uh, in different countries, for example, and organizing the process changes also in the different countries, then uh, this local deployment would probably work work best while mm -hmm. if they have kind of a central department where they are doing these these bigger uh, 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 cost saving or improvement projects and then of course you need need to deploy it more on the central level but this is also something that evolves and so what I have seen in practice is that um, uh, it can start at one place so one person who just enthusiastic about process mining and then uh, is applying this on a process or a project which was already kind of on the roadmap uh, to do the analysis and then take process mining along and then started uh, uh, started to apply this in in their team and then uh, eventually it shows other people and then it uh, meets uh, for example the uh, auditing department and they would say oh yeah maybe that's something that that's interesting for us and then they started to apply this and then they have an audit and then go back uh, to the operations and say yeah we here see a, bre a breach in the segregation of duties you should check it and then they would say oh how, how did you measure it and then yeah. I explain it and then they start applying process mining themselves to fix the problem before it becomes apparent and um, so in this way it can go through the organization kind of as a skill that needs to be developed by each individual that has his own perspective on the process and it's kind of the year old bpm uh, or process problem right so we have this process that being used for a lot of different type of things and that's yeah, the perspective you take on the process or the skill you have and how you want to use this tool or technique and so i really see it as a, as a tool and a skill that needs to be developed and how it gets value it's, yeah, it depends on, on which hands uh, process mining is uh, so yeah. in an auditor it, it it brings different things than if it's in a, in a process improver or in the data scientist and data scientists would use it completely different way. Right. Uh, and so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great way to, to close this uh, session for today, which, yeah. So maybe with the, yeah, with those last words, all of, for all of you to think about your own use cases and try to tie the business value to these use cases um, for your own for your own evaluations and also yeah when setting up your initiatives i hope there were some some tips uh, and tidbits here in this discussion that that can help you um, set this up um, successfully for your own prospining uh, operations so um yeah thanks a lot for 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 watching for joining everyone out there uh, thanks a lot really for joining and thanks so much Bogdan for 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 being here with us today for this discussion I really enjoyed it a lot um, 
and um, yes so please um, yeah please uh, let us know if you have any any questions or maybe topics for future sessions um, and um, or follow-up questions you can approach Bogdan directly really and myself anytime and um, well that's that's great and we see each other again in october we will have a new prosmani cafe uh, which is about uh, privacy security and ethics so yeah working with data and what kind of um, yeah what kind of things you should pay attention to in, in that regard and we hope we see you back again then thanks again for joining today thanks rudy thanks bogdan thank you yeah thanks everyone bye-bye <laughs> bye-bye